Can a person who claims to believe in Jesus live and talk like the unbelieving world around them and still go to heaven? We may all have an opinion about a question like that, but there is only one voice that needs to be heard, God's. Today on Drawing Near, we examine what God says about conduct befitting saints. So open your Bibles and turn to Ephesians 5, verses 3 through 5, as we look at this critical passage. Before we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, help us to know what you say about these important things. Not just be stuck in a world with our biases or our opinions. There's too much on the line. The eternal salvation, the souls of men and women are on the line. So we need your clear voice and we need your spirit working in our hearts and lives. Even after we look at what you say, I'm certain there are going to be various opinions that differ. But work according to your wisdom, your power. Work through your gospel to save lives from sin and unto eternal life in Jesus Christ. Give me wisdom. Give me clarity. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 3, we read these words. But among you there must not be either sexual immorality, impurity of any kind, or greed, as these are not befitting for the saints. Neither should there be vulgar speech, foolish talk, or coarse jesting, all of which are out of character, but rather thanksgiving. For you can be confident of this one thing, that no one who is immoral, impure, or greedy, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. So as Paul continues in verse 3, he starts out with these words, but among you. Remember, he's talking to Ephesian saints, believers, followers of Jesus Christ in a city called Ephesus. In a larger picture, he's talking to all believers who will read this everywhere. This is not specific to them only. So in verse 3, he says, but among you, among believers, among those who profess to have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, the saved, those who are indwelled by the Holy Spirit, among you. It's obvious that he thinks this should not be among the world as well those who are unbelieving. But we should always expect those unbelievers to live like unbelievers. You can't expect lost people to live like saved people. You cannot expect people who are still in their sin to live as though they're not in their sin. That would be hypocritical. Just as it is hypocritical for someone who is a believer to live like an unbeliever. So among you, among Christians, among believers or followers of Christ, there must not be either sexual immorality, impurity of any kind, or greed, as these are not fitting for the saints. The word saint here simply means called out or made holy in Jesus Christ. You don't have to work 
a certain number of miracles to be a saint. You're not called a saint if you behave at a higher moral level than anyone else. All Christians, all those who turn from their sin to follow Jesus Christ, are saints according to the scriptures. So what does he say here? There must not be sexual immorality, impurity of any kind, or greed. Sexual immorality, defined by God in his word, is any sexual intimacy that exists between anyone other than a husband and a wife. And I'll say what probably needs to be said today. According to God's word, a husband is a man and a wife is a woman. So sexual immorality would be adultery, a relationship, a sexual relationship outside of marriage between a man and a woman, fornication. It would be homosexuality. It would also be bestiality. These things are sexually immoral, according to God's word. And Paul says among believers, there must not be any sexual immorality. The only sexual activity is to be between a husband and his wife, a wife and her husband. He goes on and says, there must not be any impurity of any kind. If you notice, these words are very broad. He didn't list a specific type of sexual immorality. He's not listing specific types of impurity. These are broad terms. No sexual immorality of any kind. No impurity of any kind. Impurity is anything that taints our Christian testimony. Any sin in our lives. It has the connotation that any immoral thing should not exist in a believer's life. We are to be pure. There must not be greed. This idea is wanting material things. It is very, very difficult to identify in another person's life what greed looks like. But greed is the idea of not being satisfied or content with what God provides. It often has the idea that we'll do anything to acquire something, that we are after our own interest to consume, consume, consume. It has the covetous kind of feel. You want what others have, not only desiring it, but you'll neglect the things of God in order to attain. The idea of greed is our eyes are on things rather than God. But among you, there must not be either sexual immorality, impurity of any kind, or greed, as these are not fitting for the saints. Now, the title of our study today is Conduct Befitting Saints. That's a positive title to negative language. Language that says, don't do, don't do, don't do. So what is conduct befitting saints? Sexual morality, purity, contentment not materialism or hedonism. That's conduct befitting saints. Verse 4 goes on and says, Neither should there be, well, here's more added to the list, vulgar speech, foolish talk, or coarse jesting. The first three things mentioned in verse 3 are activities, behaviors. 
In verse 4, we're talking about speech. There shouldn't be any vulgar or guttural or filthy speech. There shouldn't be foolish talk. The idea of foolish talk is loose talk, a loose tongue, just running and gossiping, backbiting, just saying whatever comes off the mind, lack of self-control. It's not just the vulgar, filthy speech, but foolish talk or coarse jesting. And coarse jesting is not just the making of jokes and using our words to be humorous, but it's in more of a guttural, crass, worldly sort of way. I think we all know what these kinds of talks are when we do them. So that shouldn't be a part of the believer's life either. What is conduct befitting saints? Speech that is not vulgar. Talk that is wiser, thought out, self-controlled, restrained. Jesting or joking around in an innocent, unharmful way. To do the vulgar speech, the foolish talk, the coarse jesting, is out of character. In other words, when someone says, I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, talking this way doesn't line up with their testimony, their profession of faith in Jesus. So what is in character with a believer? Thanksgiving. We've learned in another place in Ephesians, speaking to one another in such a way as it imparts grace. It's encouraging. It builds up or edifies the body of Christ. Now, immediately, because of all the counseling sessions I've done in my ministry, I can hear people who are honestly going to say, man, that seems rather dull. That seems rather boring. I'm only supposed to go around giving thanks. I have to watch every little word I say. I think it's important to understand that as we study God's Word, and we should be studying God's Word, as we've trusted Christ and the Holy Spirit lives within us and dwells us, we start to realize that our words have a big impact on the world around us. And a Christian isn't going to want to hurt the Lord with our speech, nor is a Christian going to want to hurt other people around us with our speech. We consider their feelings. We consider what we say and how it will impact those around us. Yes, being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ cleans up a lot of this stuff and in the view of many people, this just isn't fun. We'd rather eat, drink, and be merry and just let it rip. But that's out of character with those who know Christ those whose eyes have been opened to the truth. Then verse 5 tells us, and this is critical, this gets to the question, can a person who claims to believe in Jesus live and talk like the unbelieving world around them and still go to heaven? Verse 5, Paul says, for you can be confident of this one thing. We can have confidence in what he's about to say. There's no doubt about it, according to verse 5, that no person who is immoral, goes back to sexual immorality, impure, goes back to impurity of any kind, or greedy, goes back to verse 3 also. Such a person, such a greedy person is an idolater. They are an idol worship. They love things rather than God. That no person who is immoral, impure, or greedy has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. I know people who have said, 
Well, as long as I go to heaven, I don't care about an inheritance. They misunderstand this phrase. They misunderstand what it means to have an inheritance. Having an inheritance in heaven in the kingdom of Christ and God is synonymous with going to heaven. If you go to heaven, you have an inheritance. If you have an inheritance, you go to heaven. In other words, if you have a part in Christ, if you are a child of God, you receive an inheritance. Those who don't receive an inheritance or have a part in an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God are those who are not children of God. They have not been saved through faith in Jesus Christ. So, can a sexually immoral, impure, or greedy living person go to heaven? The answer is no. So what does that tell us about the doctrine of salvation? It says this, when we get saved, we are to turn away from sin. That word in the Bible is repent. We're to turn away from sin, turn away from living sexually immoral, impure, greedy. We are to turn away from sin and turn to Christ. To continue to live day by day in sin is to reveal that we truly are not following Jesus. Those are two separate paths. And you can't be walking down two paths at the same time. You are either in the world walking down that path, the path of sin and rebellion against God, or you're following Jesus and walking down that path. You cannot simply say, I'm following Jesus, but walk down the worldly path. That's not going to result in eternal life. It's going to result in eternal condemnation. And it has to be said because so many people have been deceived by this. And the Bible is crystal clear from Genesis to Revelation on this. Uh, Well, Reggie, what happens if I slip? We all sin. Paul calls himself the chief of sinners. Paul says that he is less than the least of the saints. We've already looked at that in Ephesians. We sin. We say things that we wish we hadn't said. We do things that we wish we hadn't done. Does that go all the way to sexual immorality? I don't know. But we need to understand you cannot give yourself over to this kind of a lifestyle and be a believer. It's one thing to trip or to slip up. It's another thing to carelessly or casually walk and talk worldly day by day. That doesn't mean that we can excuse careless, sinful living. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to understand what God says. A saved person is still trapped in a carnal flesh, a body that is tempted with sin. And from time to time, something's going to slip through their lips, or they're going to do something that's out of character. Well, the Bible says we need to confess our sin, and he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. But that sin should not be deliberate, and that sin should not be casually habitual. Followers of Christ work to follow Christ, not the world. I hope this helps. As we continue through chapter 5, there becomes more and more clarity. If you have questions about this, my email's in the description. Contact me. Contact a pastor. Study the scriptures for yourself. Pray about this. This is critical. Eternal salvation is at stake. 
Christians are not only saved, but they're changed. Their eyes are opened. Their hearts see things differently. They have a desire to please their Savior. Hopefully that describes you. Father in heaven, help us as we seek not to hear or understand what a man says, but what you say. It doesn't matter what any human being says about these things. You are the judge who sits on the throne. You are the God who has determined to save us through faith in Jesus Christ. You loved us while we were yet sinners. It is your will that none should perish but all come to salvation, repentance. Help us, Father, to know the truth and to be set free by the truth. As we're reminded, the truth is in Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for today. Guide and direct us. Save and sanctify your people. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.